Well, good evening once again. Uh, it's good to be with you. I hope each and every one of you had a, just a, a great, fantastic Thanksgiving. As we all know, we don't just give thanks on one day out of the year. Uh, we are hopefully thankful each and every day. And uh, But I hope that was a special time for you, for you and for family and friends, for you to gather and to, to eat good food. And thank you, God, that we are so blessed with the food that we have, a little too blessed, obviously, on occasion, but just so so grateful for that. And I hope those times that you had were, were really special. And are looking forward, of course, to Christmas coming soon. Now, here we go. Speaking of that, let me just talk a little bit about where we left off. And I want to add a couple things in before we continue. Because uh, we were talking about Jesus' arrival, him showing up. On this planet, I'm sorry, I'm trying to navigate this without tripping over stuff. Uh, his coming, and what we had said was, in our last time together, there were so many things about his coming that were not real positive. Obviously, his coming was, but the uh, everything surrounding it, so much. We talked about how even in his ancestry, there were some dark spots along the way a uh, little dink town of bethlehem was where he's born i mean boy couldn't you couldn't you pick a bigger brighter spot than that and again the surroundings in the the stable we even got to the point of talking about his name and uh, his his name was it, it didn't set him apart i don't know if i mentioned to you last time i uh, i just i'm not sure but his given name yeshua was one of the most common Hebrew names there were. So again, even his name didn't set him apart. But I thought about a couple other things. And I think this is important for us to consider, even though we're going to have to speculate a little bit. Because I thought about when when Mary got this incredible word from Gabriel, from the angel, that she was going to give birth to the Messiah. And this was powerful, an amazing time. Because uh, as a as a Hebrew, she knew the prophecies and all these things for hundreds and hundreds of years, and now coming to fruition through her. Wow, an amazing moment! But now we don't have exactly these details, but we've got something to allude to them. Can you imagine what that was like when she went to tell Joseph, the one she was betrothed to? They weren't married yet, but. Uh, uh, the one she was betrothed to, uh, as she goes to telling this wonderful, amazing news. Now, can you just imagine how that went? Oh, oh, Joseph, I've got some great news to tell you. Uh, I'm pregnant. I'm not, I don't know exactly what his reaction was. I'm kidding about that. But what did Joseph know? No, it wasn't his baby, right? Joseph knew. He knew. No doubt. He knew it wasn't his baby. And and don't you know when Mary told him, Oh, but it's okay, Joseph. No problem. It's God's baby. That, that made everything okay, right? No, it didn't. Now we don't have that, but what we do what the Bible does tell us is that he was going to divorce her. I know they weren't married yet, but in the Jewish system of things, if you were what we would call engaged or betrothed, to dissolve that 
betrothal. You had to go through an actual divorce process to to uh, dissolve even an engagement like that. So the Bible says he was going to divorce her. He's ticked. And you and I, can't you understand why? I mean, come on, that story. Uh, it's okay because uh, it's God's baby. An angel told me didn't didn't fly with Joseph until the angel Gabriel showed up to him as well. It's true, Gabe. Uh, it's true, Joseph. God's baby. So we're good now. That that I'm sure made everything fine. But and here's the speculative part. I'm just presuming they had parents. If they each had parents, don't you know how that went? Joseph and Mary show up at Mary's house. Mom, Dad, Mary says, boy, have I got, I've got some, some great news. I'm pregnant. Mary's dad, no, no. She says, no, no, Father, no. No, no, no. He wouldn't do that. Yeah. Mary's dad would smack Joseph right in the mouth. Whack! And Mary says, No, Dad, it's not his baby. Now he might smack her. I mean, that, that did not go down well. We don't have those descriptions. If they had parents, and even telling Joseph's, same kind of thing. So it was not a positive thing. And I guess why I think about that. Oh, by the way, in telling them it was God's baby, you know, Angel told us, you don't know whether they're going to buy that or not. Joseph didn't buy it until the angel showed up to him. And I, and I tell you why I think it's important for us to, to at least speculate about that, the, everything surrounding that a little bit. Because I know people. I know how people are. And I can only imagine how for little Jesus growing up on those dusty streets of Nazareth, what he was called by the people of that town. Because people are going to know that he was conceived out of wedlock. And I can't, I can't even say it, but I know in whatever the Hebrew word was, what he was called growing up. This was a difficult beginning in every way for Jesus. And I concluded with that thought last time from the perspective of asking the question, why? Why, why would he do it like that? So many negative things surrounding it all. And, and as God, he could have done it any way he wanted and as magnificently as he chose. And there we made the point last time, that's because he wanted you and me to choose. If, it, if this had been this amazing God show, it wouldn't have been a choice. We'd have picked him automatically. But he came very normal, normal appearing, so that we would choose him by faith. Because of what he does for us in his ministry. And I just, I just think that's beautiful. I think it's important that we think about that. Now, after Jesus' birth, 
And after the, 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 all the struggle with, with Herod and having the, the, the babies, the male children killed, finally Jesus arrives in Nazareth where he's beginning to grow. So after that scene, what's the first thing we read in Scripture about Jesus as a, as a child? That's correct. That would be when he's in the temple at 12 years old with his family to celebrate the Passover. Very interesting scene there. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, I want you to consider something else. Oh, goodness gracious, I didn't set a timer. Well, i tell you what I'm going to do. I may want to go longer anyway. So, I'm going to set a timer. I'll start it now at 25 minutes. For your sake. Okay? Alright, so, here's what we're going to do. What about the time from between he was about 2 years old till the time he was 12 years old? What's going on with him then? Have, have you ever even thought about that? Now, I don't know if you have or not, but I, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it. Somebody will say, well, God didn't include it. He did not include that in the Scriptures. Therefore, we shouldn't be thinking or talking about it. I don't agree with that. That's true. He didn't include that in Scripture. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean we can't be interested and curious about it. And I think, again, it's important for us to think about. It, it was for me to consider some of these things. What do, you, what do you think he was like as a child? Oh, I got a, I got a question that will blow your mind. If you hadn't ever thought about it. When do you think he realized who he was and what he was doing on this planet? Hmm? Did, did he always did he always know? I mean, in the womb, in Mary's womb, was he uh, omniscient, knowing everything? Still, I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. Okay, honestly, I don't know the answer to the question. I mean, did he was he always uh, omniscient, knowing all things, even even after his birth? I mean, as he was born, did he come out going, "Hey, hey, mom"? I, I don't I don't think so. Or was he just, you know, walking along someday, maybe when he was 12 years old, and go, oh my goodness, that's right. I mean, I'm not buying that either. So I, I, have, I have no answer to that question. But I, I think it's, a, it, it's interesting to consider. When did, he, when did it come to him, or was it always there, who he was and what he was doing here? Just something to think about. Now, as a kid, what do you think he was like as a kid? I think it's it's fun to to consider. What do you think? Go ahead. You can respond. I'll I'll uh, I'll pretend I hear you. <laughs> what was he like as a child? Hmm. Let's see. Oh, here we go. You ever think um, that one day uh, uh, Mary uh, has him in this? so-called makeshift high chair that, that Joseph had built for him, right? And she's feeding him with a wooden spoon and uh, she scoops up the gruel or whatever it is and she takes it over to him and, and he just goes, no, no. And she goes, Jesus, open your mouth. No, no. You think at, at two, three years old, anybody ever experienced that 
kind of a scenario. That Jesus is going to go, no, no, no. Now, now look. One thing I know is this. He never sinned. But I don't think we're going to have a, going to say that a, a two or three year old telling their mother, no, I don't want that. I don't think we're going to say they've sinned. I mean, you think when he goes, no, no, Mary just goes, sinner, you, and I don't, I don't think so. I don't believe that. Okay, but I do believe this. And I believe I have verification for it. I believe he was a very normal child. I don't think he walked along the streets two feet off the ground blessing. I don't think it was that way. I think, what about this? Now, some people really, really hate me for this, but uh, can you you picture Jesus as a child with the stomach virus, vomiting and diarrhea? That's very offensive to some folks. Let me tell you something. He's been through it just like you and me. And what child growing up didn't have stomach virus? He's been through it. He knows exactly what that's like. You see, he was very normal all the way through. Here's how I know that's true. When he, when he began his ministry, one of the first places he went, he went back to his hometown. And do you know what? Hang on. Do you know what happened when he went back to his hometown? Boy, howdy. Hope I got those pages in the right order. Now, when he went back to his hometown, well, (laughs) I can tell you about it. But I wanted you to to hear it. Good lands, I thought. I tell you what. I apologize. I will find the verse. It's there, I assure you. He goes back to his hometown. And he begins to teach and to do things in his hometown. Amazing things. And you know what the hometown folks said? Who does this guy think he is? Is he not the son of a carpenter? And aren't there aren't those his brothers and sisters over there? See, he was a normal man as he grew up. Because if he hadn't been, if he had been performing miracles and doing amazing things and not normal, those people would have said, oh, we knew that's coming because we saw it with him growing up. That's not what they said. They said, who does he think he is? Is that not the carpenter's son? So, he was normal, y'all. He was. Now then, I want to share something with you. Um, this, this is one of my favorite favorite uh, books. Uh, God Came Near by Max Lucado. Max Lucado, you may have heard the name, he's written tons of books. This is one of his early, early, early books. And if you want to really try to connect with Jesus in this idea of his incarnation becoming flesh, I highly, highly recommend this book. Okay? Now, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read you a very small portion from this book. All right? Now, 
uh, and by the way, this is an easy book to read. The chapters aren't very long. And uh, so, anyway, I challenge you. It's, it's worth it to read it. So, I could read this whole chapter, and it'd probably take about three minutes. But I'm probably not going to read the whole thing. All right? Now, the title of the chapter. Can you see it? 25 Questions for Mary. And that chapter, there it is, it's, it's 25 questions. That's it. Not going to read all 25. But I want to share a few of these. And the whole idea that Lakato is after here, he's not asking questions so that they can be answered. He's asking questions to make us stop and think, what in the world was that like when he was a child? under her roof growing up. Okay? Imagine that. Now, here's a few of the 25 questions. What was it like watching him pray? When he saw a rainbow, did he ever mention a flood? Did you ever feel awkward Teaching him how he created the world. When he saw a lamb being led to slaughter, did he act differently? Did you ever see him with a distant look on his face as if he were listening to someone you couldn't hear? Did the thought ever occur to you that the God to whom you were praying was asleep under your own roof? Did you ever think, hey, that's God eating my soup? (laughs) Did you ever try to count the stars with Him and succeed? Did he ever have to ask a question about Scripture? What do you think he thought when he saw a prostitute offering to the highest bidder the body he had made? Did you ever catch him pensively looking at the flesh on his own arm while holding a clod of dirt. I'd have to think about that one a minute. Catch, catch the moment. Catch the thought. Did you ever accidentally call him father? Wow. Just to get us to think about what this was like. God in flesh. A child running around town. So I think it's okay for us to think about those things. To try to grasp the reality of his humanity. Never stopped being God. But now he was just like us in every way. 
amazing. Now, the next scene is when he's 12 in the temple. And, uh, I, you know, I figure a lot of folks are familiar with that encounter. But I want us to take a look at it because there's something going on here that you might not have considered. Okay, now we're going to go to, if I'm not mistaken, to Luke's account. Luke chapter 2. That's it. Luke chapter 2. Jesus is 12 and he and his folks, earthly folks, are headed to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. They did it every year. This was an interesting year. Now, if you're like me, if you know this story, here's, here's what I was always taught. Mary and Joseph with Jesus, who's 12, they travel to Jerusalem. They get there. They spend several days there and for the, the celebrating the, the Passover, probably a week. And when it's time to go, they're heading home. They leave Jesus in Jerusalem, Right? You ever, you ever been left anywhere? Well, let's, let's make it more specific. You ever been left anywhere by your parents? Well, I can tell you, I have. And it's, it's, it's I don't know if it's ironic. Uh, they left me at church. I don't know if that's like, you know, he needs more. I was only like five years old. And uh, we, we had a lot of family in town for the holidays. And so we had two cars there. And when it came time to leave, my mom thought I was with my dad. My dad thought I was with my mom. They head to the house, and I'm sitting on the steps of the church building crying like a baby because I got left. Boy, damage. The damage done to my psyche. I'm just kidding. So it, it doesn't feel good. So I'm thinking, How? well, you know it's got to feel bad to leave the Son of God, right? So with what I've always perceived, they head for home. They leave Jesus. And somewhere along the way, it's like, Oh no, we left Jesus back in Jerusalem. So they head back to town. They find him in the temple. And uh, Jesus is amazing the scholars and the teachers with his wisdom. And, and he's, he's asking them questions. You know, we know that scene. And uh, when, when they're, they're, they, they find him, and Jesus says to them, right? Let's see if I can remember. Um, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know I had to be in my father's house? Well, that's kind of cool. So we presume they gather him up and they head for home. But I'll just tell you, this scenario is a little different than that. A little different than what I'd always heard. Now watch, we're going to read it. Verse 41, Luke chapter 2. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Now now stop there. Who did what in that verse? Did that say that Mary and Joseph left Jesus in Jerusalem? Read it again. After the, verse 43, after the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. 
Okay, I got news for you, folks. They didn't leave him. He stayed behind without them knowing it. He orchestrated this because of what he was going to do. Now, bear with me. Verse 44. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Now stop for a second. Had they left him, inadvertently left him in Jerusalem, headed out for a day, realized they left him, hurry back to Jerusalem, they look frantically and they find, don't you know it would have been, look, if we had left our child somewhere, about a mess with that microphone. If we had left our child somewhere, oh my word, how horrible would we feel? Don't you know Mary comes up? Oh, Jesus, we're so sorry. We, we didn't realize. Not what happened. But read verse 46 again. After three days, they found, in the, found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Young man, what do you think you're doing? How and why did you do this to us? We've been looking everywhere for you. Mary got all up in his kitchen. She got on to him strongly for pulling that stunt. Hang on, we'll get there. We'll we'll deal with it. And then the classic response, why were you searching for me? He said, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Now, everything that happened in there, all the things that that were done, I believe Jesus stayed behind on purpose. Whatever happened or didn't happen, I know this much, Jesus didn't sin. How do I know that? Because he's sinless. Okay? He didn't sin. But that's a very interesting scene. Because I think, did Mary ever have to get on to him? For We don't have to ask. We know. We've got an example. He's a kid. Now, one other thing about this, this account here. That I don't get. I, I just I just don't get. It scares me a little bit. After Jesus says. Classic quote. Verse 49 again. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? It's the next verse that I don't get. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Let me tell you something. Of all the people, of all of humanity that's ever lived on this planet, there is one person that knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus was the Son of God, is the Son of God. Now I know we believe it. I know. I believe it's absolute true. But let me tell you something. There's one person that knows better than anybody else Absolutely, 
that Jesus is the Son of God. Who is that? That's right. Mary. Why is that? Because she was a virgin. She knows for sure. Well, the angel told, yeah, yeah. The angel told Joseph, I get it. But Mary knows. Because she conceived and gave birth and was a virgin. So I don't understand it when Jesus said, don't you know I had to be in my father's house? And then it says, but they didn't understand what he was talking about. I don't get it. What what does 12 years of normalcy, that's another statement for the case of how normal he was growing up. Does 12 years of normalcy cloud a virgin birth? I just, boy, that's one of my questions. That's one of my questions I'm going to ask. Mary, Mary, what were you thinking? I don't know. Uh, Interesting, to say the least. Okay? So, 12 years old, we have nothing after that till he's about 30. Till he's about 30. And it's time for God the Father to send his son into the world with his ministry. And so he leaves the comfort and the security of Nazareth, the comfort and security of the carpentry shop, and all the hours he'd spent with his adopted father, Joseph. And and, and the, the security of all that, knowing where he's going, And knowing what's going to happen. And he leaves that carpentry shop and that comfortable home. And he sets out on his ministry. And he begins to proclaim the coming kingdom of God. Now, yes, he's going to begin with choosing some some disciples that are going to take this message right along with him. But before we get to that, I want to I want to put something forward. I want to challenge you with something that uh, that I think is fair and it's incredibly interesting, but you're going to have to put your your thinking caps on as we go through the process. All right? Cuz here's what we're going to do. Now, Jesus is about to launch in our study is about to launch his ministry. But you know what? There have been a host of people, tons of people throughout the history of the world that have claimed to be the Messiah of some sort. And that's going to be Jesus' claim as well. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to put him on the chopping block. We're going to set him up there and say, does he actually qualify? Can this Jesus of Nazareth, can he and does he actually qualify to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Because there's some specific things that have to be exactly right for him to be the right person. And and God knows we deal with all kinds of skeptics these days. And in the, I mean, from the very beginning, there's been skeptics. So we're going to be honest about it and say, you know what? Let's put him out there. Let's let's put him through the, the, the gamut here of these questions and, and just to see. If he doesn't, he qualify. And y'all, I'll be honest with you. If if Jesus of Nazareth does not qualify in being the Messiah, the Son of God, Savior of the world, if he doesn't qualify by God's set 
guidelines, then I'm going to look for somebody else. I mean, I'm going to be honest, honest enough about it to say, if he ain't the guy, I'm going to find the guy. He's the guy, okay? I believe it with all my heart. But I think it's, but I've been through this process before. And I think it's only fair that we say, let's, let's make sure he qualifies. Because let me tell you, there's, there's people out there right now, today and every day, who are going to criticize him and say he's not. Okay? So, we're, we're going to be fair. We're going to lay him out there. And we're, going to, we're, we're just going to see. Now, oh, good night. Got a minute. Got a minute left. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Actually, it's perfect timing. We set the stage. You don't want to miss it. Now, next session may be a little longer than 25 minutes. It just depends. It won't be lengthy, but we're going to go through this thing, and we're going to we're going to check him out. I'm telling you, it's amazing the way God's Word imparts truth to us and how we can look to it for answers. So, we're going to stop right there. Next session, we're going to look into... Does Jesus of Nazareth qualify to be the Messiah? And the way we're going to approach it, we're going to call it the birth, the curse, and the purse. So, next time, the birth, the curse, and the purse. All right? Look forward to seeing you again. Good night. 